Hello, you're listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Rachel Gilfrin, and I'll be spending the next few minutes chatting to you about what achieving, winning, and success mean to you. As a life coach, in my opinion, all of these things are very closely linked to having a positive mindset. And this has come up a lot for me in my journey towards success within my career. In fact, it still does. I'll be sharing my own highs and lows from the last 13 years of my career, plus a good deal of confidence and communication techniques that you can start implementing today. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Achieve With Me podcast. I'm delighted to be here with you today and it's absolutely gorgeous outside, so I'm hoping to get out in the sun after I finish this. So today's episode is going to be about the need to self-advocate. So recently I've had quite a few conversations with women who have been looking for progression within their career to new roles. Um, Now this is a combination of within their existing organisations and outside of them as well. Some of them looking to move on to something different. And for a lot of these people, whilst trawling through job descriptions and quite frankly, scaring themselves half to death with all the areas that they didn't feel competent at, it became apparent that feelings of discomfort around self-advocacy was actually at the core of the challenge. But what is self-advocacy? Well, I think that it's really important to make sure that we're on the same page. So basically, self-advocacy is having the ability to speak up for yourself. It's being comfortable with who you are and standing up for what you believe in. That includes your values, but really most importantly, it's about how you were represented by yourself and others as well. Now, people that tend to self-advocate will usually be seeking regular change and improvement within their lives. They'll usually command more from people and they'll be commanding more from situations as well. And what you'll find is often they will get it as well. So you can see the benefits of actually being comfortable with self-advocacy because you tend to command results that other people may not get. Now, being an advocate for your own decisions and abilities when it comes to your career path is really important, yet for some reason, it's something that typically we, as women, struggle with. And backing ourselves to move forward with things is something something completely different entirely that we also struggle with. Now, you may have already heard this statistic, but research shows that men will sort of scan a job advert If they're comfortable with about 60% of what's on there, they'll be happy to apply for the job. Us ladies, however, want to be sure that we're going to be able to perform in the role. And so we tend to only go forward for a job if we meet all of the criteria. That's right, 100%. Being able to vouch for yourself is so important for so many reasons. But I think the one that we often forget, and the one that I want to quickly go through now is... When we're going for these internal role changes or promotions, and I say internal particularly because obviously you tend to be quite known within the business, 
we assume that the person recruiting knows how good we are. In the same way that we've built up whatever perspective of them in the time we've been working for the business, we assume that they'll also know all about us. But, spoiler alert, (laughs) they don't. In fact, a lot of the time we expect even our direct line managers to just know how much effort we're putting in without us directly bringing it to their attention. I mean, I know that I've done that in the past and since we've all been working from home, one thing I want to highlight is it's nigh on impossible for line managers to get a fair understanding of your true work-life balance because they can't they don't know how long you're logged on for and what hours you're putting in and because of all the things that we've been seeing in the news and um, online about micromanagement I think that since of all the unrest and whilst we've been working at home more flexibility has been allowed and I think that some line managers are quite hesitant to demand that sort of information from you about what sort of hours that you have been putting in um I mean, I'll give you an example of this actually from my own, my own career, because I think it's quite important that we understand that not everybody knows what we're doing all the time. So back in my corporate days, I was often guilty of really throwing the extra hours in, doing research over the weekends, and generally trying to go over and above in my role. Now, I remember a particularly busy time when Each week, my boss just didn't seem to acknowledge this, all these extra hours and all this extra work I was doing. And I grew more and more frustrated. Why didn't they appreciate it? Eventually, my attitude must have, let's say, become more noticeable. And my manager asked me if everything was okay. To be honest, I was livid. I said, last week, I worked an extra eight hours... I invested in all these extra materials to do my job better and I've broken my back to hit these deadlines and nobody cares or has even said thank you. I was expecting, you know, him to be horrified. But what I should add is that I was in a relatively autonomous and trusted role um, and the business that I worked for, running your own day was pretty much the norm. Now, when I had this outburst my boss seemed quite surprised and whilst he started by thanking me for my diligence and for the extra time he was a bit confused I didn't know you were struggling for time on this you haven't mentioned it did anybody ask you to work the extra hours hmm did anybody ask me (laughs) I immediately felt a bit stupid I had been putting all this pressure on myself to meet this particular deadline when the most sensible thing to do would have been to let them know I needed more time and looked at ways in which I could adjust my schedule accordingly. He was right, I begrudgingly thought. (laughs) There was really no need for me to have worked the extra hours. But there I was, getting all het up, and nobody cared about all this work I was doing and I wasn't appreciated. Now, the reason that I share this story is to highlight the importance that communication plays in self-advocacy. Now, this seems obvious, but if you think about it, without sort of consistently being transparent about the work that you're doing and the effort levels involved, 
not only does your line manager not necessarily see that, but for you, it's quite easy for you to forget when reflecting a year down the line. Now, I know what it's like when you've got so much potential, you know that you're going to go off and do great things, but you really don't know where to begin in articulating what you bring to the party. It can be really frustrating. And as with most things, unfortunately, it doesn't feel natural straight away. But I've put together a couple of top tips just to get you started on making a habit of shouting about how great you are. So I'll kick off with tip number one. Get feedback. Ask your friends, ask your family, ask your colleagues... And it might seem counterintuitive, but ask your boss as well what they think your strengths and weaknesses are. Now, it can make you feel a bit vulnerable to open yourself up in this way, but it's so important to get some guidance on these areas to help you grow. And also, it's really important to make sure that you're being realistic and honest with yourself about what your true strengths are. By getting this feedback, it's probably only going to reinforce what you already know about yourself. But imagine if it was completely different to what you believed your strengths were. At that point, it just means that you can really assess um, what your strengths and weaknesses are and see which feedback that you agree with. You might not agree with all feedback from, for example, your mum, if she's not doing anywhere near the same job as you. But from your line manager, that's probably going to be valid. Next tip is start practising. <laughs> Now, this might sound a bit strange, but you need to start practicing talking about your strengths out loud. So start by saying things like, I'm a really strong communicator, or I'm great at organization. Pick out the strength that you feel most confident in, because there'll be conviction behind the statement when you say it then. Now, you can start off weaving these into conversations with friends and family, um, just casually but then when you get more confident and you realize that nobody turned around and aghast when you said it <laughs> you can start slipping them into maybe a team meeting or a more formal conversation at work tip number three is similar but it's more about being decisive so vocalize your life decisions if you're catching up with a friend for coffee for example practice stating with intention the direction you wish to go in and why it is a good fit for you. Now this is helpful because they're likely to be really pleased for you and want to ask further questions and know all about it. Having a safe platform to showcase your decisive nature is great because it's going to help you become accountable with what you wish to achieve. Now, I don't know if you caught any of my episodes in the previous weeks, but by having an accountability partner, you're 65% more likely to achieve your goal. So it's really important to get that out there. Tip number four is when you are considering looking at a new role. Remember we talked about at the beginning of the episode when actually looking at job descriptions really started to panic people. Well, before you even look at any new job descriptions, what I want you to do is ask for a copy of the job description for your existing role. So the one that you're literally doing today. Now, it can be quite difficult to get this from your current employer. Um, 
have a look through your emails to see if you were sent it before you went to the interview originally. And if you can't get this, then my recommendation would be have a look online on recruitment sites for any jobs that match pretty well to what you're doing at the moment. Because although it's not from the same organisation, the likelihood is a lot of the key skills would be the same. Anyway, have a look through this because what happens is when you look at the the tasks that you're doing day to day and notice that they're listed in a more formalised language. Now, by having a look at this formalised language, it really helps you to get used to seeing it in this way and it stops you from being overwhelmed when you look at a new job description. Because, let's face it, you know you can do these things because you do them every day. So it doesn't matter how they're written out, you know that you have those capabilities in place already. And my final tip of the day is regarding putting your strengths and advocating for yourself in writing. So if you are going for a new role, a personal statement or I think they call it a cover letter is always a fantastic inclusion when you are expressing an interest in moving ahead at work. So research what is expected in the new role that you're planning to go for and take the time to send a letter talking about which areas you know you excel in and how you plan to add incremental value once you'd be in the role. Sometimes, let's face it, self-advocating in writing can seem a lot easier than verbally or in person. And by practicing doing this, you can write out your cover letter multiple times until you're really, really happy with how it reads. And you can keep adding new things in as your confidence grows. Now, if you get invited for an interview following this, which is probably likely because not everybody will have taken the steps to do this, this should then reinforce your confidence because the interviewer has already been given examples of your talent and will be really receptive around those skills. So they're my tips just to get you started on looking at how to become better at self-advocacy. I know that some of us are lucky enough to have a senior sponsor in the workplace. Um, And what I mean by this is somebody who has got your back and wants and recognises your talent and your characteristics and wants to help you progress within that workplace. And I know that this is always really, really helpful from a progression standpoint. But one thing that I want to highlight is, if this is you, don't rest on your laurels because this person may not always be at the organisation. And by the way, neither may you. So learning how to self-advocate is a transferable skill that you can continue to build and grow throughout your career. So I hope that these tips were helpful. If you're not already following me on social media, it's at Rachel Harriet Coaching on Instagram. And you can also research more about my coaching options on my website, which is rachelharrietcoaching.co.uk. If you are currently looking at going for a new role, but you feel like you're struggling a bit with confidence or your interview technique needs a bit of work, book a free consultation with me because I'm more than happy to hop on a quick discovery call and just go through how some of the one-to-one coaching that I offer could really help you with this transition into the next stage of your life. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. 
if you like what you heard, please do leave me a rating and a review. And if you're not already following me on social media, it's at Rachel Harriet Coaching on Instagram. Have a great day.